us worship our Lord God. I remind you that in in the email also we'll be putting it on the WhatsApp group and Facebook. There'll be the words to all of our songs. So if you're here in person or if you're at home, go ahead and open that up and you can join us in these songs of worship.
right. Well, again, welcome to everyone. I know that some of you may have just joined us online too, so welcome. So glad that we're all able to engage. Man, if you're here outside right now, you know it is a beautiful day. It's like, what, 78 out here? It's like perfect. This is what I call perfect worship weather. <laughs> worship weather. It's a new thing in 2020. <laughs> We're going to read Galatians 5 today together. Galatians 5, so you can start going there. We're going to be talking today about freedom. Freedom. And here in Galatians 5, Paul is writing to the church, church that extends to us, so he's writing also to our, to our Canoga Park Church, River of the Valley. We're going to begin in the fifth chapter of Galatians. We'll read the first verse, and then we're going to jump down to verse 13. So Galatians 5, this is what Paul writes to us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite down and devour each other, devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Let's pray. Lord, our ask now is that you would give us a renewed sense of clarity what you have called us to be and to do. Thank you. Thank you for, for that leader, Paul, who could reflect on what your vision is for us and as the church. Lord, we offer this time asking your Holy Spirit to speak in and through me and, and that together in this hearing, this would be something that brings you glory. We ask this in your name. Amen. It is for freedom <laughs> that Christ has set you free. It is for freedom, not so that we would be bound again to some sort of slavery. Christ came and he sets us free so that you can not be a slave, but to be free. In Genesis 2, we are entering into a, a next step of what God does at creation. This week in your Backyard Pilgrim books, Hopefully you've gotten those and you're starting to be able to read those daily now. In Genesis 2, we get a taste of what freedom is, what freedom was. We're going to read this also. And here in Genesis 2, we are given a picture of God taking the man that he had created and putting him in this garden. And this is what it says in verse 15 of Genesis 2. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, 
but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and the wild animals. God takes Adam, this, this creation that he had formed from the dust, this creation that we heard this past week, God breathes his very spirit, his very breath. He breathes into the nostrils, giving us that, that divine kiss of life. And then he takes us, and he grounds us, he plants us, he roots us. There's something in about this, this design of God that we are in some ways like a plant. We need to be rooted. We need to be given a space where we can flourish as a living thing. Each of you have been planted. Consider your life right now. You have been planted in an ecosystem. In the family that you are a part of, where you are working, in the neighborhood that you live in, the church family that you are a part of, the friend group that you have, can you begin to imagine all of this that's around your life that you live in and through each week and the rhythms and the daily rhythms of waking up and going and doing things? Can you begin to see that as an ecosystem that you are living in? Now, you might feel like you are the one that has put yourself there. You're, you're choosing to live where you live. You're choosing to, to buy the house you bought. <laughs> you're choosing to come here on a Sunday. You choose where to go with your friends. You know what? God is sovereign, and God has planted you there. Think for a moment that wherever you are, however much you might feel like right now that you have chosen to be there, God has chosen with even more power to put you exactly where you are. And from the very beginning, we see that it was a crucial part of who we are as human beings to be planted in this Garden of Eden. And right now, it's crucial for who you are to understand that you have been planted in this ecosystem of your family, of your jobs, of your neighborhood, of your family, of your church. Your garden is where you're planted right now. In verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The Lord God has put you where you are right now so that you can work it and you can take care of it. An obvious way that we begin to look at our families as parents as we look at how we are, we are given children to work and take care of, to raise them up and, and to protect them. But even as children, 
living in your homes, you have a responsibility of a ch as a child with your parents to be working in that relationship and taking care of your family. You're placed in schools. You work and you take care of your academics and, and the friends that you're making and, and your growth and maturity as, as socially responsible. You come into a church family and here you're also given that role of, of working and taking care of it. You're planted in this beautiful world one in which we must value and, and take care also of our, of our world and protect it. God has given you this gift of being rooted and grounded and planted where you are. And I think too many times we stop in our lives and we, we think poorly of the place that we have been planted. We look at our lives and we begin to wish that we were somewhere else. As the saying so goes, the grass is always greener on the other side. But God has planted you where you are. Consider that for God has planted you where you are right now. Coronavirus 2020. God has planted you where you are right now. In verse 16, the story continues. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. We're going to see this week that this is an unexpected first command from God. You are what? Free. You are free. You have been planted in the ecosystem of your life right now with countless connections with people, living in a, living in a home wherever that might be, in some sort of a daily rhythm of work or study. And God has planted you there and God has said that you are free. God has given you the ability to do what you will, to choose what you will choose. You have been given freedom, and this is part of the goodness of God's creation of us. When Jesus says, as we started out with in John 10.10, 10, that Jesus came to give you life and give it to you to the fullest, if we we peel back what it means to have abundant life it means that you're planted and that you're free in Galatians 5 we started off also why did Jesus come to offer us that life why did Jesus come to free us was it so that we would be slaves again he says I it's for freedom it's for freedom that I have set you free so that you can return to this, this original picture of what the good life looks like. That you have been planted exactly where you are and you now have the freedom, you now have the freedom to cultivate that garden where you're planted. So the question for us today is how are you using that freedom? How are you using your freedom? Consider all the ways that you are using, that we can all use our freedom. You, you have this gift of life. 
And it is a gift that God has, at, at the very essence of that life, given you a freedom to work through where you're planted. How are you using it right now? What are you doing with, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> There's a wake-up call. When, when Paul writes to the Galatians church and he's telling them it is for freedom that, that Christ has set you free, he's having to do this because they were falling back into what we call in the church as legalism. They were falling back into thinking that we have to follow a certain set of rules to please God. No, God has put you in the garden. He has only one rule. What's the rule? You can eat of all the trees except there's one. You have freedom to go and to cultivate the goodness around you. You can prune off this branch here. You can pick off that fruit that's over in the tree over there and, and eat that. You can raise up your children. You can be good children for your parents. God has given you the freedom in how you are acting in the workplace. God has given you the freedom of how you are going to spend your time in school. God has given you the freedom that in the evening, you have a choice every evening of what you're going to do with your life. You could spend three hours scrolling Facebook. You have that freedom. You could spend, you could divide the time up. One hour on Facebook, one hour on Instagram. I think it depends how old you are. There's some sort of a line barrier, right? If you get to like maybe 30, around 30, it's like our Facebook, our Instagram. If you're like 40 and above, then it becomes like Instagram, I mean, Facebook all the time. And if you're like 25 and lower, maybe 30 or lower, somewhere in there, it's like Instagram nonstop, right? We have this, this social media culture that we've developed. Nabil, I know you don't know. I'm, I look to you often to give me an answer. This is not one of the times I'm looking to you, okay? We have that freedom to choose how we're going to spend our life. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free. You are free. We often think that we need to protect our freedom. We often feel like we need to make sure that, for instance, we're, we're voting the right people into office or that we are um, protecting the barriers around my, my rights. But I'm here right now opening scripture to say that you are given freedom that no one on this earth can take away. What you do with your life is always, is always a gift that you have. Even if you are one who has been stripped of rights, even if you're one who is being held back, you are still always given the freedom to choose how you are going to respond. You are still always the one who has the freedom from God to showcase and witness. How are you using your freedom on the one hand, you can, you could use your freedom to be so licentious, to be so rebellious in this world, that you can begin to think about your own interests. You can begin to think about what would only make Jonathan happy. But we have, we have been given freedom 
Christ has won for us a freedom in order to return, in order to return our life back to the Genesis 2 model in which this only works well if we are living in a relationship with one another. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man, I love this, to see what he would name them. Do you see the type of relationship that was woven into the fabric at creation? There is this freedom given to us so that we can love, that we can be in relationship. God is the first step of love into this world and towards you by giving you this freedom because God knew. God knew what you would do with that freedom. God knows that eventually each one of us goes to that place where he tells us not to go and pluck off that fruit that he tells us to not pluck. Yet, in love for us, he allowed us to take that step, knowing that it would also put his son one day on a cross, knowing what it would mean for himself to need to agonize there in Gethsemane. Can you imagine Jesus sitting there in the garden of Gethsemane? It says that he was agonizing to the point that that Sweat was like drops of blood falling from his face because he saw the cross before him. And he's sitting there in the garden contemplating his, his eminent capture and crucifixion because of a decision that he made at the very beginning to give you freedom. And yet he still found that it was worth it. And as Jesus sits there in the garden with a decision, he can... He can go over the hill and escape into the desert, just like David before him. He can go and he can save himself, or he could go to the cross. And in that moment, in that moment, Jesus was given freedom. 100% God and 100% man, he sat there with the freedom that God gives to all humans. And he showed us how to use our freedom. In that moment, in choosing self or in choosing that sacrificial love for others, he showcased once more for us what it means for us to be a people with freedom and how we use it. How are you using your freedom? Thinking about these fruit trees and how we, we are planted and, and we grow up. And, and if we do live self-sacrificially, then fruit comes onto the limbs of our trees. And Jesus says that you know, you'll be known by your fruit. And I guess my concern is that when we use our freedom in such ways that instead of being a, this tree with this fruit-bearing branches that's large and strong, when we begin to use our freedom for ourselves, it's like we become... It's like we become a little sucker branch that's growing up from the bottom. There's some life there. 
But what's the problem with the sucker branch? Hanya, this is a question for Hanya. What's the problem with the sucker branch? They don't give fruit. It kind of looks like it might. <laughs> it, it grows up, there's like, you know, the, the branch part and there's the leaf parts. But there's no fruit coming on that branch. How are you using your life? Do you feel like there's fruit? I'll tell you what, two hours of scrolling through Facebook in the evening, probably you don't get off feeling like you've borne a lot of fruit. <laughs> Just a guess. <laughs> Just a guess. How are you using your freedom? The challenge this week is we're about to dive into this Genesis 2 story, and we're going to see this freedom that God has created within each of us, that he's gifted to each of us as this good father. You know, God, as the father, is excited to see how his children are going to use their freedom. Just like, just like this guy right here, watching Caleb and Amaya, I'm so excited every day to see how they're using their freedom as, as Amaya will, yesterday they're up in Sacramento with my sister doing a baby shower, and, and she got on WhatsApp, and, and we went on the video because she wanted to show me how she used her freedom. She had made this beautiful painting, and then she also had made a bracelet, and she wanted to show me. That's how God created us. We, we use our freedom, and it's like we get to return that artistic, that cultivating of our gardens to God. God's watching us, wondering how are his children using their freedom? How are you using your freedom? There's nothing holding you back to decide today to change how you're using it. There's nothing holding you back. It's a fresh day right now. You have control over your life. How are you going to use your freedom today and tomorrow and this week? What are you going to cultivate in your life as parents, as a spouse, as children, What are you going to cultivate in your garden where God has planted you? This week we're going to sit with Genesis 2 and you're going to hear about how God has rooted you where you're planted. You're going to hear about this God, the Father, who, who is sitting there watching you and, and, and so joyful and giving you this freedom and watching. We'll also be hearing about about the need for us to be in community with Adam and Eve. All of this has been won for you by, by the cross of Christ. He has won freedom for you to set you free. That once again, you are now the proud owners <laughs> of the next moment of your life. What are you going to do today with that freedom? Heavenly Father, we ask that this day would be a, a moment in which our freedom is so, is so obvious to us. Lord God, you have gifted us with the ability to choose what plant we will cultivate. You have given us the ability to choose to live for others and not for self. And, and Lord, we confess the ways in which too often we have chosen to live for ourselves. We have cultivated only... <laughs> only the desires of my own heart, only the desires of my flesh. 
But Lord, we hear your call today again. We, we read these scriptures and we see, your, we see that you have given us a freedom to be used. That you put us in our garden to, to work it and to take care of it. Lord, thank you that you have given us a, a gift of love and, and that required us to be free. I pray now that your Holy Spirit will be giving us wisdom. Your Holy Spirit would be giving us a renewed sense of responsibility to be cultivating where you have planted us in our relationships and our dedication to, to schoolwork and our dedication to, to our families, to our friends. Lord, how we use our freedom as we interact with people and in the various hard debates. Lord, you have given us the ability to, to speak, to act, to respond, to laugh, to play, to work. Lord, may you, may you help us in these days to be very cognizant of how we are using our freedom. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.